Do you feel politically homeless? Lost in the chaos of modern politics? Not sure who to believe? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast, season three. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, recording today from the historic WGNS studios located in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Joining me today and through trials and tribulations, uh, we're so glad to have him back on, Murfreesboro City School Board member, Pastor David Settles. David, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Steve, it's good to be back with you again, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you, David. Now, our listeners don't know, we recorded a full podcast with you about three weeks ago. We had some technical difficulties, then we had some scheduling mm-hmm. issues. And so we're yeah. so so glad to uh, to finally have you here, David. And and actually, it's worked out for the better because a few things have changed since we did the last podcast. Yes, yes, yes. But but I want to start, David. You're a member of the uh, Murfreesboro City School Board member. Duly, yes, sir. Duly elected. And so, David, mm-hmm. we're kind of wrapping up the year now. How? Um, give us a little bit of an update. Have we had our testing for our students? Where are we now with the with the city sure. school system? Um, we have had actually a very interesting year, but one that I think we have risen to the challenge. Um, this year was very unique. Um, I think every school system had to deal with the impact of the coronavirus, but we also had to deal with the loss of our director of schools, uh, Dr. Linda Gilbert. Um, so we had to deal with that, which meant a search for a new director. And I'm happy to say that we have a really good director in the person of uh, Dr. Trey Duke. He's an excellent, excellent director so far. Um, And of course, hats off to our, one of our assistant superintendents who helped us so greatly through the transition period, um, Ralph Ringstaff, who stepped up and was our interim director for a while. And he really piloted and shepherded us through uh, the majority of the uh, impact of the coronavirus. So that was good. Um, yeah. And, and, and we're, we, we really did, um, we made it through, I won't say unscathed, but uh, with minimal uh, negative impact. And I'm very grateful for that. And it's really just a testament to good leadership and the teamwork that uh, is exhibited with the city school system. So I'm very, very happy with that. I think uh, most of the parents can tell you that they were pleased. I can say for the city system, we were very consistent in our messaging. Messaging, uh, We were consistent in following and listening to the guideline from the CDC as far as protecting our kids. And, and I think we, like I said, uh, before we were able to get through here with minimal negative impact. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. That's that's a, really that's a great thing. And a lot of these kids were in school, whether virtual or in person. And for the for yes. our listeners out there, Murfreesboro City is one of the top school systems in the state of Tennessee. And it's mm-hmm. because of this outstanding leadership that, that you provide, David, and, and your colleagues provide. And yeah, um, yeah. So, so we've got um, so we've made it through the school year. Uh, we got our testing mm-hmm. in, and so we've got a new school yeah. year coming. It'll be here before we know it. You know, at the end of the summer. It'll be here, 
Yeah. Still with me, David? Going to have um, summer school for uh, pretty much just about all the grades. I, I don't want to speak out too, too early, but I do know that um, for the majority of the grades, uh, there's going to be summer school of some kind. Um, and it's totally free. The kids will be provided with their breakfast and their lunch. It's an abbreviated day, but transportation is going to be provided. We've got teachers that are going to be there. There's going to be time for the kids to go outside and have recreation. It's just going to be a great, 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 great thing, you know, for our system. So we're going to end our regular school year, go into our summer school year in June, and then uh, we'll have a little break. And then we'll be back again, ready to go. Back again in the fall. And I think a lot of the, the big yes, question, sir. David, and I, I don't think you can answer this question yet. Um, I'm not even sure that the school board will have the authority, but but we have any idea whether the children will be required to be vaccinated against the COVID virus or uh, will, none of those decisions have been made yet. Is that correct? None of the, we haven't even really started talking about that. Uh -huh. um, I think we're really just waiting on further guidance sure. from some studies that are being done, that are being conducted uh, here and actually across the country as far as the necessity for children to be vaccinated against it and the efficacy of the vaccines for kids. Uh, you know, one of the things that you hear a lot is, well, you know, it doesn't really affect kids as much, which is true. They don't, they're not um, seem to be as susceptible to the virus as adults, but there is that chance and that likelihood. Um, I don't foresee there being a mandate for that to be a, vac uh, a, a, a vaccine that they have to take right now. Okay. Um, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Well, great. Well, let's let's move on a little bit. Um, I understand sure. that the state of Tennessee received $4.2 billion from the recent Federal Relief Act uh, that mm -hmm. passed. Do you have any idea how much uh, the city of Murfreesboro will get of that $4.2 billion? Uh, that's a lot of money, David. Uh, and and yeah, we, that's a billion with a B. Yeah, billion <laughs> with a B. Uh, uh, do we do we know yet what we're going to get, and do we know I, I what we're going to do with it when we get it? I, I I can't say exactly how much we're going to get. I do know, and we just came out of budget hearings um, last week. Our budget was presented, which was an excellent um, budget. Uh -huh. So I do know that we are going to be able to do some things in our school system with this funding that. Um, some of it, I, I called it a, a, a jumpstart or kickstart to some programs that we would that we had wanted to be able to provide. Um, and we're looking at because, you know, with our um, enrollment being somewhat down, we didn't get the growth dollars that we normally get, which is a part of our equation. Um, and we didn't get so we're not operating on that same uh, uh, amount. But the monies from the federal government are going to help us to kind of, um, I don't know, kickstart some programs that are going to be very helpful. And then over the course of the uh, funds, uh, three years, you know, some of those will be switched to other, you know, areas. But I can say that it is going to, we're going to be able to do some great things in our system for our kids mm -hmm. that's going to have a major impact on them from here on out. 
because they have suffered such a setback mm-hmm. in um, in what this last school year brought. Right. Right. Well, I think that's a good thing, David. And, and um, you know, I know the, the governor, they seemed, uh, and the leadership in Nashville, they seemed bothered by this money. They, they I think, were happy to have it, but they kind of put out a stern warning. Uh, they're for local control, but only if you improve. Uh, well, is there any sort of guidance coming out of Nashville and the de- and the Department of Education there in Nashville? I, I know that's a tough question, but but I mean these guys were. It was just difficult watching them. I thought it was a wonderful thing that we're getting four point two billion dollars for our school systems. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny that that people people talk a, a, a lot of you know, game about, oh, this and that better be the case and, you know, talk really sternly. Right. But the bottom line is the the systems across the state, and I'm not just saying Murfreesboro City or Rutherford County, but across the state, we have some very good school systems. We yeah. have some excellent systems and they do good work yeah. uh, and have done good work for years. So it's not a situation whereby, you know, anything nefarious is going on or, uh, we're not really being good stewards of the funds that we receive. So, you know, I think a lot of times our politicians are politicians. Right. And they feel they have to make certain statements to their constituents or for the benefit of their constituents to see that they're serious about, you know, uh, being fiscally responsible and all that. Well, the same thing is true for our school systems. Now, what we have to realize um, with our all of the systems, just for county this is operating on BEP. Well, the BEP, as we said, is not fully funded. And that's the main thing to help our school if they fully did it. The students are going to come out, oh, we're putting percent. We're going to get a 3% raise. Everybody gets excited about it. They don't realize they're really about it 3% of what they do. It's going to be three percent. Like they're going to get, you know, three percent more on their check. It's not going to be that way. It, it doesn't work quite like that. But it sounds good. Those are good sound bites. But right. in our school system locally, I can speak for. We make sure that our teachers, and not just our teachers, but the paraprofessionals and the uh, everybody is treated fairly, and that uh, we're able to give them what is a uh, a fair wage for what they do. Yeah, yeah, and 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 absolutely, and to retain these teachers, everything yes. that they have been through, not only with the coronavirus, but it's tough being a teacher anyway. Um, it's you know obviously we need to pay these folks as much as we can, just as much as you know, just like our policemen and our firemen and our ambulance yes. drivers and the people that serve mm-hmm. the community, they need to to make a living wage. Uh, yes. and 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 to be able to provide for their family from taking such an important profession david a lot of folk you talked about the politicians and i'll get political here just a little bit you know you're right they'll, they'll say oh my gosh <laughs> we're spending all this money we're gonna go broke let me tell you what i fear is the biggest uh hurdle facing us in the future and that is the education hurdle if our children yes. and young people are not prepared for the 21st century and and how fast it's changing if we let them mm-hmm. down during education we're, we're going to have a big problem yeah competing we're in the we're, we're, yeah. we're facing we're staring 
in the face of major changes within the next 10 to 20 years as far as the world is concerned. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a big supporter of our country. You know, I'm glad that I live where I live and all of those things. But we have to be realistic about the fact that that in order to compete on a national stage, we cannot be so exclusive. We have to realize that this is a very global society that we live in. Right. And our kids have got to be able to compete on not just a national level, but an international level. That's right. We got to educate them. We got to get them the stuff that they need. We don't want to be behind anybody else in the country in preparing our kids for the future that's not coming, but that is now. Right. I mean, exactly. it's, it's here. Yeah. So, so this is a perfect segue. Last night, President Joe Biden addressed Congress, and one of his proposals mm-hmm. for his next bill is to add two years of structured preschool for free. Mm-hmm. And two, yes. and two years of community college for free to all yes. Americans. Yes. That's four extra years of education on the front end and the back end. David, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts about that? I think that is a wonderful idea, a wonderful idea. Yeah. We, You know, in Tennessee, we're unique, um, I think. And we have, and I know in our system, of course, we have pre-K. And I know that um, our state offers to adults, um, free college, community college, you know, we know about the Hope Scholarship and all of those things. And my hat's off to our governor that we had um, prior, who made education such an important and integral part of his platform, because he had foresight enough to know that if we have an educated workforce, we attract the industry that's coming. Right. We've moved away. And I I know the thing about people who call themselves conservative is oftentimes we're conservative to the point that it's a fault. We don't want to be so conservative that we're still trying to save the horse and buggy industry. I mean, there are no more horse and buggies. We got to move past that. So when you feel the winds of change coming, you got to be prepared for it. And I think what he did is to make it possible for us to educate our citizens so that we don't lag behind any industry and anybody that comes to Tennessee or anybody that's looking to relocate to Tennessee can find a really educated workforce because we cover the whole gamut. Yeah. As you know, we are the, the healthcare industry leader in the country that's right. is here in Tennessee. And that is even changing, you know, with the advent of, even more electronic means of communication with telehealth and all of these things. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other animal that we got to look at. That, so that's right. Well, we've we got have, to educate people. We, we do. We have the automotive industry, which is big here in Rutherford yes. County, over in Murray County, mm-hmm. just a couple of counties over, over in Spring Hill. Sure. They're, they're putting up the uh, $2.5 billion electric car battery plant Absolutely. at General Motors. We're talking about mm-hmm. high-tech jobs and the jobs yes. of the future. And that's what mm-hmm. we want our children prepared for. Doesn't mean they all have to yes, go to sir. college or go to community college, yes, but right. uh, but those are the things. Well, David, okay, so enough on education. I, I, I really appreciate <laughs> the update on that. And, and really, that's... Well, you know I can talk about education all day. <laughs> just like I can talk about roads all day. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. We sure can. 
Um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, obviously we're working on that infrastructure bill too, David. Uh, sure. Yeah. So that's I'm excited about it. That and includes some schools and things to do with yeah. broadband, which also impact yes. education as well. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. you talked about the winds of change, David, and mm-hmm. I want to talk about the George Floyd incident and the trial that just sure. ended with you. And I want to talk about policing, sure. uh, because okay. I, I think that do we feel the winds of change are coming now? We know the Congress is looking at some policing bills uh, mm-hmm. to pass down. I know you and I both agree on community policing and the way that, that sure. you know things have to change. Uh, David, we know that <clears throat> all the police aren't bad police. <clears throat> it's just like right. anything else. It's just anything like teachers. Else, yeah. You've got 90% of your teachers are great teachers and 10% mm-hmm. are bad. Probably the same with police. But, David, I mm-hmm. wanted your take on the decision um, against the uh, policeman in, in Murfreesboro that took George Floyd's life. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, David? And are, are, do you think that it's going to spark change? You know, I, I hope that what happens is that, just as you said, and you mentioned um, 90% of the teachers that we have are excellent teachers. They're great teachers. I didn't go 95%. Right. But there's a difference when we deal with those and that, that differentiates us from what's happened in the police departments across the country. In our school system, when we have 95% excellent teachers and we've got 5% marginal and we've got 2 to 8, 2 to 3% that just are in the wrong profession, we have a very, at least in Murfreesboro City, we have a very uh, great way of accountability. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. We don't just stand behind our teachers because they call themselves a teacher. You, in, in other words, you have to stand firm for something. Mm-hmm. and hold a standard. I'm all for policing. Mm-hmm. Model has been too far aligned with military. So, and yeah. and you find that a lot of people come out of the military and go into the policing yeah. business, which is, I understand. But we've, we've gotten to the place that every solution is a gun, and that just cannot be. Right. Um, so we have to retrain. Policing should not simply be every time you call the police, they're going to show up with a weapon. Mm -hmm. Policing needs to be more community involved. And that is you need more social workers. Mm -hmm. You need more uh, family counselors. All of these things need to be involved in that because the police should only have to get involved with that type of force when that type of force is really and truly warranted. Right. So the difference that what I see is, especially with the other police officers that came and, and uh, testified uh, against Chauvin and what he did, is they stood up for right and said, we're good cops. Right. We don't want to be associated with bad cops. And I thought that was so commendable yes. because it says, um, just because he's a brother in blue doesn't mean I support everything he does. Right. It, 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 and that's important because if I'm a police officer, I want my fellow officers to be good cops like I'm a good cop. It makes it easier for me to do my job if everybody's doing right. And yes. I think that's only fair. I yes. think that's only fair. 
Absolutely. Well, and and you reminded me of something there when you brought up the gun issue, uh, and we've been talking about the schools real fast, David. Uh, today, mm-hmm. today, Governor Lee has um, put out a press release that he they are sending uh, bleed kits to all of the schools, which are oh, basically wow. tourniquets, compression bandages, and tourniquets, and that children will our children are going to be trained. And I think it's really a sad comment on where we are, David, um, that that this is something that the governor has to send out to all of the schools. What do you think about that? I think that's such a sad commentary on our times. Yeah. I'm reminded of um, when I was in school, Steve, and maybe you too. Well, I'm sure you. I remember being in school, and I remember having uh, bomb drills. You remember those? Oh, yeah, the drills. tornado drills. And yeah. we had to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the bomb drills were the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. Get under the um, desk, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get under the desk and, and pray for night. Um, right. But, yeah. you know, we had those fallout shelters is, right. is what I keeps coming back to my mind. And I remember seeing these fallout shelters, and we lived under a constant fear that there would be massive nuclear war between us and Russia. We did. Um, and we, you know, that's, I mean, literally, we were scared to death going to school and we'd have those drills and everything. And in our school, every school would have like a fallout shelter and this and that. It kind of reminds me of that. But yeah. the sad thing is the enemy is not without, it's within. It's within. Because yeah. in our country, we lead the world in gun death. And that's sad. It's I sad. mean, that's sad mm-hmm. um, that that we have to now prepare our kids for the fact that there may be a mass shooting at their school in their lifetime, right. like we had to prepare, be prepared for the possibility of a nuclear fallout in our lifetime. Yeah. You know, and to, to, to have to make those preparations, which I understand you have to. Right. Because the reality is that's true. But it's funny that he sent out blood containment kits and tourniquets. Right. At the same time that he says we're going to pass, and they did, and it goes into effect in what June or July. Right. No permit carry or concealed carry. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't right. matter in right. Tennessee. Anybody so can it's, buy it's a gun. It's really funny. Yeah. 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 Isn't that I, something? I, just, I think that is such irony, yeah. um, but it kind of speaks to the leadership um, of a certain group of people, yeah. and it's it's odd. But that's just the way it is. Well, they're just immune to hypocrisy. My favorite comedian, Trey Crowder, says they're just immune to hypocrisy. (laughs) They're just immune to it. They don't get it. Uh, But David, this is um, yeah. It's so it's uh, it's so good to good to talk to you. And one other thing, now I'm going to lean on Pastor Settles here, and sure, I I know that your family and half a million other families around this country have been going have been grieving, and and this is nothing that can compare to the grieving process. Uh, but there's a lot of folks out there that are languishing is the new mm-hmm. word. And, and yeah. what that means basically is I'm fine, but I'm not okay. Uh, folks yeah. that have been obeying yeah. the pandemic rules and isolating and, and staying. David, do you have any wise words for those that are languishing out there? You know, Languishing is a difficult thing. It's a funny term, even. You know, it's a funny term because it almost gives the idea of I'm moving a little bit, but I'm not quite moving, you know. 
Right. I'm not going backwards, but I'm definitely not going forward. Right. And we're just stuck. Um, the One of the things, well, a couple of things that have gotten me through this period of grieving and, and, and I'm still there, mm-hmm. but that has helped me is um, the ability to find community where you find it. And I know a lot of it now, people are really on Facebook and they're on uh, Instagram and things like that. Um, and being able to connect with people who understand a little bit or that can provide you with a little bit different outlook helps. Yeah. Um, my faith carries me. It really does. But even I have to remind myself that this is not the end of it, you know, that there's a brighter day coming. And I have to encourage myself in that just yeah. to stay connected to people who are positive thinking and who are forward thinking um because other than that you will languish and you will stay stuck yeah one other thing and i think i talked about it on saturday while i was riding my bike and talking to folks was forgiveness um and that is sometimes and forgiveness it can be in any type of area it doesn't just have to be you know one way but forgiveness helps you because it helps you to get out of a certain place because when you don't forgive, you force yourself to say, stay stuck in a hurt place. Yeah. You know, and, and I, um, when my son passed, you know, we, we go through all of those areas of grieving, but I had to learn how to forgive a lot of stuff, not just, you know, that, but you know, other things, because if you don't, you stay in a place of pain because in order to remain there or to be in unforgiveness, you're reminded constantly of the hurt and you have to be able to forgive to get past it. And that's even dealing with this coronavirus because a lot of times I've had to tell myself, you know, I can't be angry at people for not doing what I think they should do to be safe or for not wearing their mask because people are going to do it. I've got to forgive even them because for whatever reason they do what they do, still got to be at peace with me. And that's what's going to help me to get past it and not just languish there. Yeah, such wise words, David. They really are, and I'm with you. There, There is brighter days ahead. I, I really am optimistic about the future and, and where we can, the potential that lies yeah. out there. And so I really appreciate that for the folks that are languishing. David, anything else you'd like to leave with the Man in the Middle podcast? Man, no, Steve. I'm, I appreciate the opportunity and um, the, the platform that you have provided for us to come on and just, you know, talk about everyday stuff that affects us in our lives. I do want to, and I'm going to invite you, Steve, to be our guest um, in July, I think July 11th. There's going to be a memorial concert uh, for my son here in Murfreesboro. I think it's going to be over at, um, oh, Lord, I forget. I'll let you know for sure before it gets there, but it's at at the Tabernacle over here on Halls Hill Pike. Please do. I forget the name of it. But uh, I would love for you to come by and just, you know, just wave your hand to everybody because um, you knew Darius, too. Cause, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was with me all the time. Uh, well, he, uh, so, you guys um, were at my very first campaign event when I, when I came out and, and made the introduction. Yeah. And I'll never forget, we instantly connected. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I was telling somebody about that the other day. Yeah. I really was. And and that's yeah, what it's so. all about, right? I mean, you know, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. when you've been around the politics long enough, you you know, <laughs> you can tell the people <laughs> that are real and the people that aren't. But right. 
David, Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. thank you so much for joining the Man in the Middle podcast this week. We really appreciate sure. your update and perspective on especially education, but but all things that you bring to the table. Yeah. And uh, it's great to yes, hear from sir. you, friend. Yes, sir. I can tell you the pleasure has been mine. All right. Thanks. Pastor David Settles, Murfreesboro City School Board member. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the Man in the Middle, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>